Welcome to Homeschool Insights, the show that brings you biblical homeschool encouragement in under 10 minutes. I'm your host, Yvette Hampton. Homeschool Insights is sponsored by CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com and try it for free. Now on to the show. I think people still sometimes are scratching their heads going, how did we get here? How did we get to where we are today in our culture, in the public school system, in the world? How did we get to the point where we're celebrating sin? And when we don't celebrate sin, we're somehow the enemy. Talk, talk that, talk us through this whole process of why we are where we are today. Well, the short answer, Yvette, is because we stopped obeying God's word. We stopped obeying God's commands. Um, God has given clear responsibilities, clear authorities to different people, different institutions. Um, and the Bible is very clear about who is ultimately responsible for the education and the discipling of children. It's parents. Um, and, you know, maybe you could argue there's a supplemental role there for the church. Uh, certainly not the civil government, not Caesar, right? Caesar's job description is defined very clearly throughout the pages of Scripture. Uh, Caesar's job is to punish evil to bring about justice. Now, Caesar is also a minister of God, right? Government officials are described actually as ministers of God, but in a different sense than say a pastor would be, in a different sense than a father or mother would be. Uh, and so what happened, um, you know, the, the first guy, looking back in history, the first guy I can ever find who, who seriously recommended that the government educate children was actually Plato. Um, and, and people who want to sound really sophisticated often quote Plato as if, you know, he was some sort of genius. The guy was a totalitarian. And we just need to be honest about that. He believed that philosopher kings should rule over all of us for our own benefit and that the government should train up two categories of people the philosopher kings to rule and the rest of us to submit um, to, to the philosopher kings who apparently would know better uh, what we needed and how our lives should be run. Uh, and so obviously he was, you know, he was not a Christian. He was not coming from a biblical worldview. So you can't blame him for, you know, disobeying the scriptures, but obviously it was a bad idea that the fascists in Sparta tried it out. It was a disaster. Um, you know, fast forward a couple thousand years and you get to uh, the early 1800s. There's a, a guy, an actual communist before Karl Marx even came on the scene. Uh, his name was Robert Owen. And he set up this communist commune in Indiana. Uh, he totally rejected the word of God. He totally rejected God's commands on family, on private property, uh, on, on you know the, the order for life, for family, for government, for society, for morality, all of these things he completely rejected and came to the conclusion that we needed to get rid of family, get rid of private property, and all live together in a big, happy kumbaya commune with no Bible and with no um, individual rights or anything like that. So uh, obviously his commune failed very rapidly, and he came to the conclusion that this was because these children have been raised in a Christian society uh, that emphasized uh, individual responsibility, individual agency, uh, individual rights, a relationship with your creator through Jesus Christ. And so he thought if we could get the government to take over this responsibility, then maybe we wouldn't have this problem. Maybe kids wouldn't grow up thinking from a biblical worldview, and then we could actually have a collective utopian society. Uh, so he, he set a process in motion which I think ultimately led us to where we are today. Uh, he wrote a series of essays. Uh, actually, the Prussian ambassador got a hold of these essays, took them back to the Prussian dictator, and they implemented them in Prussia. Uh, the Prussian dictator actually created the first ever that we can find a system of education of the state, by the state, and for the state. Um, they, you know, he had just uh, lost uh, a war and uh, was interested in basically brainwashing kids to be good little cannon fodder for uh, whenever they were needed. So he also established, uh, and we know this because of a whistleblower who was involved in this operation, he established a secret society is how the whistleblower um, explained it. His name was Orestes Brownson, um, and he became a Catholic, and he felt very bad about his role in this society, and so he blew the whistle. He wrote essays and, and a whole book about it. Um, and 
what he said was that the goals of the secret society immediately were getting people into legislatures who would support a government role for education and then also shifting public opinion because at the time in the early 1800s the idea that the government should educate our children was just ludicrous. I mean, it was absolutely silly. Why Why would we want the government to educate our children? We're educating them at home. And then if we need help, we'll send them to the church or to, uh, you know, a, a college that was set up for the purpose of propagating the gospel. You know, most of our, in fact, almost all of our great universities were originally founded uh, to propagate the gospel. And so parents didn't see any need for the government to be involved here. Well, um, this secret society worked very diligently on this. And again, Orison Brownson blew the whistle. He said the actually the ultimate objective was to destroy Christianity. Uh, those are the words from the whistleblower who was involved in organizing uh, upstate New York on this. Uh, fast forward a little bit. This uh, system that was born in Prussia was then reimported back to Massachusetts by an individual called Horace Mann, who, who is often referred to today as the founding father of what passes for a public school system today in America. Um, he also rejected the Bible. He also rejected the truths of Scripture. He actually wanted to get Bible out of the classroom, which uh, at the time was was really unthinkable. You know, how do you have education without the most important book? I mean, that, that's that's really silliness. Um, so it, that didn't take off right away, but he did import the Prussian system back. They had to keep the Bible and, you know, placate all those grumpy Christian parents. But um, right away, the quackery started. And after he was done in Massachusetts, he actually traveled all around the country and uh, like like a, an evangelist, uh, preaching the good news of salvation through government schools. Right? Uh, and, and if you read his writings in retrospect, they just look absolutely bonkers. He's like, we're going to get rid of 90% of the crimes by having children educated by government. Like, well, that worked out real well, right? Look around you, Detroit, Chicago, New York. Um, obviously, that didn't work. But um, so he, he laid the foundations. He set in motion this train where eventually all the states would start creating government school systems. Eventually, they'd start passing a compulsory attendance laws where you had to send your children and, you know, it didn't happen overnight. Originally, it was like, you know, compulsory attendance for a month or maybe two months and, you know, just learn a couple of basics here and there. And that and out of that seed grew this monstrosity that we have today. Uh, and there's one more important character that I think needs to be mentioned, and that is John Dewey. Um, we, we talk extensively about him in the book, Crimes of the Educators. He was an actual communist in, in the truest sense of the term. I mean, he visited the Soviet Union. He loved the, the Soviet system, especially the Soviet educational system. We know because he wrote about it. You can go read his bonkers essays about how great the system was. No mention of the millions of people slaughtered and starved to death and the gulags and things. Uh, but he loved this this Soviet idea. His his model for America was um, it was actually in a book called Looking Backward, published in 1888. It was an extraordinarily influential book uh, in that era uh, about a socialist America where we'd get rid of private property and we'd move to a communist utopian society. Now, Dewey had one big difference from the traditional communist revolutionaries that we think of. Uh, they wanted revolution. They believed in you know violent overthrow of the system by the working class and that that would lead to this socialist system that would eventually pave the way to communism. Uh, Dewey took a different approach, and this comes through very clearly in his writings. Uh, he believed that the better way was to use the educational system to train up these children in a different way of thinking. They should think of themselves as part of the collective rather than individuals, right? Which is, of course, mm -hmm. what the Bible teaches. We're all individually responsible for our sins, for our actions, for what we do with our lives. Um, and so John Dewey um, took this system that Horace Mann had helped to build and and radicalized it and weaponized it even further. Um, he had he was actually the founder of what they believed to be a new religion. The, the human he was one of the authors and signers of the Humanist Manifesto. Him and 
30-something other of his colleagues. And if you want to read where he was on religious issues, just read the, the Humanist Manifesto, the first plank. Uh, we, we believe the universe is self-existing and not created. Uh, as you read on, he says, we've got to get rid of the private property. We've got to get rid of the profit motive. We've got to ensure equitable, me equitable distribution of the means of life. In other words, the means of production. Uh, so he was a communist in, in the truest sense of the term. He became the honorary life president of the National Education Association. He got a, a post at Teachers College at Columbia University, which to this day is the most influential teachers college in America. Uh, him and his cohorts got together, published textbooks that eventually would come to be used in almost all the major school districts in America. They trained up the next teachers, the, the next generation of principals. And um, from then, uh, the system just continued to get more and more radicalized. I, I think another turning point was in uh, the early 1960s when the federal government first really took a major role in education. You had the Supreme Court strike down uh, prayer in schools. And the next year, they struck down Bible in schools. Um, one of the justices actually hit the nail on the head. He said what they're doing here is establishing the religion of secularism. Right? This is not neutrality with respect to religion. That was Justice Potter Stewart in his, um, in his dissent in this case. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, the Supreme Court kicked out God, kicked out Bible, kicked out prayer from what were at least nominally uh, Protestant schools. Uh, you certainly weren't learning a biblical worldview there. And obviously we had been very dumbed down. Uh, there's no way they could have gotten that through the Supreme Court and had the American people accept it if we hadn't been dumbed down. Um, and that leads us to today, right? Each generation has gotten more and more radicalized with the school system leading that transformation. Uh, and now we're at the point where they're telling our kindergarten children that they could be castrated to become their true selves. And so yeah. we've come full circle. Thanks for joining us for Homeschool Insights. For more great homeschool inspiration and resources, listen to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And be sure to watch the film Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution.